Hello and welcome to the 495. I'm your host, Doug Sparks, Editor-in-Chief of Merrimack Valley Magazine. Lou, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm doing my COVID best. Right yeah. <laughs> I, do, uh, I, maybe I shouldn't ask this. Are you wearing a face mask? I saw in, in Lawrence that you're now required, as of this morning, to wear a face mask in certain places. I have public. once. Okay, you've worn a face mask once. Face, yeah. once. Going was, into a market basket. Okay. Because you kind of look around, and it was about 98 99% with masks. So yeah. Why well, upset people? Yeah, so, yeah, sure. So I put the um, mask on and went in. Yeah, yeah, I have them, but yeah. I actually haven't gone out. The yeah. only time I go out, I'm, no joke, yeah. I, I go to the woods where I'm by myself or with my kids, yep. or I come here. Yeah. And that's it. I actually haven't needed to, I, I mean, I haven't even been to market basket since things Started you haven't been at serious. all. No, no. We just uh, we uh, first of all, I, I cook, yeah, uh, and we have a big freezer. So as soon as things looked like you know they were changing, we loaded up the freezer, and we made some pretty wise choices. And we just haven't had to. Uh, every once in a while, we get takeout from some local restaurants. Nice. Um, but other than that, we've been we've managed to actually. We might as well be in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> it's not a fun experience right now. Let yeah. me put it that way. <laughs> You're right. Sure. So I've gone from I'm I'm an, I'm basically by myself. So I'm an every other day guy. Usually yeah. just buy what I need for that oh, night and the sure. next night. Yeah. But I've cut it back to like every ten days. I try to go as little as possible. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, things are going well. At the magazine uh, it is coming out. It's going to come out a little bit later than than normal because we did have to pivot and and change some of what we're doing. And it's at some point I'll talk about what happened. But there were there were stories that just weren't going to make sense. We were talking about events and things that were going to be happening that are no longer going to be happening, and, and we just had to adjust. Uh, one of the stories you are going to be seeing is a um, a profile of our guests today, Ruby and the Groove. Um, uh, Ruby and Bill, are you there? Can yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I, th I think it says that I'm speaking with Ruby of Ruby and the Groove, but it sounds like I'm, I'm talking to uh, Ruby and Bill, uh, the drummer. Yeah, I'm the percussionist for Ruby and the Groove. So we met, uh, I, I, and I was, I was talking with Ruby. I can see I have a little bit of a delay, by the way. Oh, I saw that you waved. Hello. <laughs> I have a little bit of delay here. So um, we met a year, I'm sorry, 10 years in one day ago in Lowell because I used to photograph bands obsessively and photograph downtown Lowell and put it up on my Flickr account. And this is back in the MySpace you era. Flickr account. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and I'm not taking it down because yeah. if I look through it, it's yeah. like this great time capsule sure. of Lowell in that area from, from a decade and, you know, give or take ago. And, and there's some kind of, and you know what I find interesting about the, the Flickr site is I took a lot of, pictures of people when I barely knew them, but now I know them a lot better. Oh, yeah. So I remember, oh, that was the, you know, the girl who used to work at Brood Awakening, and I took a picture when I knew her just as a barista, and now she owns a business yeah. or something. So it's, it's just interesting to see how my relationship with people who I was taking pictures of evolved over time. But, and, and do you remember, uh, do you remember who you were opening for 10 years ago? How funny is that? I remember the show. I think, I want to say like Detention was playing. I think so. Uh, maybe I don't know if the uh, was Ben playing. Ben might have been playing. That, I'm not sure. No, yeah. no. So this detention was playing, and it was uh, Los Wonder Twins of rap. But oh, the, right. the headliner was Britney Flickinger. Do you remember <laughs> Britney Flickinger? I know the name. So she was the the winner of the first uh, Paris Hilton reality show. 
Uh, and sh this was right when that show had ended and she had some sort of notoriety. But when she got into reality TV, she was a musician. So she was going to use it to launch a pop career. So you guys were first, then it was detention, and then it was Britney Flickinger. And part of the reason why I was, because you, you forget MySpace even existed. That's the way I'm like, it's like, might as well have been a hundred years ago, right? Uh, but Brittany actually used the picture I took of her as her MySpace photo. And I remember just being like, oh, that's kind of neat. This person from the reality show <laughs> stole my picture, which I was yeah. flattered by. That's um, so funny. So anyways, yeah, a long time ago. And at the time, this was a different band. This was called One Love, correct? Yes. It was just a duo. Yeah. So you guys have been playing music for a long time. Yes, sir. For yes, how long? Sir. 20 20 years? 20 yeah, years. I've been playing my whole life, my whole family. My brother, Mike plays. My brother, Mark, played keyboard. Um, and the whole family is musical. So I've been playing forever. We've been playing together for a long time, too, in and out of certain bands. And, right. Uh, it's been great. Yeah, the scene right now is really good, uh, except for the past few months, of course. Sure. But, uh, hey, uh, Bill, what uh, how old were you when you started playing drums? Um, I was probably... 13 and then i stopped and did some other stuff and then i came back to it with with a passion i i always wonder about drummers and their relationship yeah, with, their, with their parents yeah just in general <laughs> but your relationship with at, at the age of 13 what was that like i mean you said your family was musical were they tolerant of having a 13 year old drummer in the house you know what's funny i'll be honest with you my brother mike plays and he's kind of a phenom on drums he was in he toured and did a marching bands and he was really good and he had a drum set in the living room um which was funny yeah. and then when i came up i was more of like a hard rock metal type of drummer and so my parents it was two different stories <laughs> so you know i was making more noise and he was just so inclined musically anyway i think they were in Plus, he's the favorite, so I think, it, I, I think they were more tolerant of him. But yeah, they must have had a ton of patience to put up with that. Did they? Did they soundproof the walls? Did they do anything like that? Not at all. Uh. It was loud as could be. <laughs> so we did a lot of hip hop drums too and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like they're really hard, you know, hard beats. I was trying to learn jump by Van Halen, and I was probably wailing the drums as hard as you could, and. Uh, yeah, God bless him for putting up with me. Hey, is is in speaking of speaking of hip hop, is that a characteristic of of the music you do? It, it seems to be like you're you're coming at this from many different genres. Doesn't seem to be any like you. You seem very open to all sorts of different musical influences. Is that fair to say? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, both of our influence, both of our influences are hip hop. You know, that's a, like the basis of where we came from, hip hop and. R&B and it's just so wonderful to be able to explore and expand, you know, different different genres within that. Um, but definitely keep that influence in that basis. Our guitar player Tom Bean is he can play classical. He's into all different types of music. Uh, Ruby she'll sing Fleetwood Mac. I'll play like a hip hop a hip hop beat to it. So it's just a mesh of all these different uh, cultures and sounds. Yeah. So you guys are, are romantically involved, correct? Yes. And you yes. have been for like two decades, right? Yes. Going back to, you met at UML, is that right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, so what's that like around the house? I mean, since you're like, are you constantly like, is your world 
completely centered on music is, is one of you singing in the shower and the other person's writing it down and, and figuring yeah. out beats. Are you constantly yeah. creating? We're always singing. We're always writing. I have ideas or passing ideas um, between each other. Um, you know, um, if we're eating together, he's like banging on a table telling me to listen to this rhythm, you know, um, we have like Friday night dance parties in the kitchen, you know, just playing different music. This is right now we're in the basement. So I have a drum set here and a drum set over there, probably three or four guitars. All our friends play. The living room has, is another place to play acoustic. Yeah. And then upstairs is the studio. Wow. So speaking of dance parties, um, yeah. what have you been doing in the face of this, uh, this pandemic? Uh, obviously, you can't play live shows in the traditional way. Have you started to do anything online that people can watch? I did a, um, I did a fundraiser for, um, in, thank you, Involved to Impact, uh, which is out of Nashville, that was raising money um, to buy masks for the, um, the essential workers in the area and the first responders. Um, you know, but over, overall the pandemic has, I, to be honest with you, has been like tough on my psyche. Uh, I've been worried a lot about people and family and things like that. So, um, what does get me through is singing, listening to music. Um, and I do want to get back to creating more, but the writing has come slowly, but, yeah. um, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough, to be honest. Sure. So, you, so you're not thinking about recording so much, or that's that's something a little bit, uh, something to consider in the future? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be considered in the future. Um, right now is like the creative process, you know? Like sometimes times like these make you, you know, feel a certain way and write different thoughts and things like that. And so the writing has been there. Right. So, like, uh, Ruby, you're you're not just a, a musician, uh, you're interested in the other arts as well, and you're you're a you're a dancer, right? Didn't this didn't uh, Ruby and the Groove kind of evolve out of a dance project? Do I have that right? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, it did. I so I do some dance music. Bill does a production for that, and yeah, I come up with my own steps for it to perform. I did that with the fundraiser for Involved to Impact. Um, so yeah, that's fun and creative as well. So speaking of the um. The, the fundraising aspect, it seems that that uh, along with whatever you're doing creatively, uh, the band is is involved with a lot of fundraising and community projects and um, helping people. So how, do, how does that come together? How do you merge those two worlds of getting up on the stage and kind of jumping around and having a good time and trying to do something better for the world around you? It's for us, it's organic because we started this project, Ruby and the Groove, uh, along with Tom, for her dance party. And we did a live set and people loved it. And from that one show, we got uh, a bunch of shows and never stopped playing. Hmm. So the community was what made us and created us. We were just going to do a one and done. We loved it. The audience loved it and kept asking us to do shows. So we wanted to give back to the community and we we um, shot a video and made a song just for Nashua uh, called Let the Music Play. Where, and, and can people see that on YouTube? Is that the easiest way? Or do you have a website? Yeah, yeah. It's on uh, YouTube. If you um, if you just put in Ruby in the Groove, Let the Music Play, uh, it's on our Facebook page right on, the, right on the top, near the top of the page. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so community, uh, Mayor Donchus, the mayor of Nashville is in the video. We have Paul Shea from Great American Downtown, uh, a few other cameos. But uh, yeah, we're all about being involved with the community and want to give back. And they've been so good to us. And even now, a lot of my friends are doing shows and they're doing virtual shows where you can make a donation. So I'm, I'm offering what I can because I know that it, for a full-time musician, it's really hard. So w- w- any way we can give back, we love giving back. And you meet so many cool people that way. I always say, if, you're, if I'm going to have a circle, I want it to be people that are um, community you know, uh, focused and have that mentality. Yeah. So you're, you're, um, you're in Nashville right now, correct? Is it yep. your is your house in Nashua? Yep. Yes. Okay. So, uh, and this is interesting to me because parts of the Merrimack Valley, like I, I, everybody assumes there's a music scene in Lowell, even if they don't hang out in Lowell, right? Um, but you get there are certain places where we know things are happening, but if you live, say, in Andover or Newburyport, you might not know what's going on in Nashua, right? What's the what's the scene like in in Nashua? Where are the places where you've been playing up before the pandemic? What's the what's the musical vibe in that city? We've been playing a lot at uh, Rum Bar on Main Street. Uh, we've done a special show at Odd Fellows um, with our original, you know, original music set um, at Odd Fellows Brewery. Um, we couple, was it a couple years ago. Yeah, we did the opener at Stella Blue. We did a release party there, and. We also did the, the um, Nashua uh, concerts where they have uh, community concerts. Yes, the New News Festival. Yeah. And then they had a, um, um, was it the Rock Fest? I'm trying to remember, it was in September. Yeah, they, um, have, they have a bunch of different ones. Yeah, it's a couple different festivals that we did here on Main Street. Um, you know, some of our favorite menus, um, menus, venues, I mean. Menus, <laughs> they get all men- food. Menus and venues. <laughs> menus and venues. Um, on Main Street um, was uh, Riverwalk Cafe. They brought their music scene back. Yeah. That's one of uh, my favorite places to go see bands. Um, so there's a couple of different bands that played in the area too. Um, there's like Sonic Aviotics that plays in here in the Merrimack area. Um, Harsha. Harsha Medillo. They play here and they play like up in um, Portsmouth too. There's just so many good bands and there's so much talent and you say it's funny that you mention how would you know from a section to section or region to region. Uh, and, and quite honestly, uh, Merrimack Valley Magazine is great about that. It, seriously. Yeah, that. yeah, I mean, we were playing NOLO, and uh, I think you guys were, were saying that we were playing over there. That was like um, a yeah. year and a half ago. Oh, yeah, you guys featured us there for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do a news, for people who don't know, uh, we, we do a weekly newsletter called Eight Great Things to Do This Week, and it comes out every Thursday. Yes. And we're always searching for, for interesting bands and interesting creative people that are doing things and trying to highlight them if it's on the weekend, and we'll include Thursday night. Uh, you know, so uh, if, if that was helpful, that's 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 really cool. And it's it's great to me that you're, that you're, like being okay being a national band because there's it seems to be sort of two approaches there are people who who sort of are very proud to be local and and right from a local perspective and then there are the people who sort of build themselves as a band of just outside of boston right did you have to consciously say no we're going to be a national band or we're going to be a regional band and we're not going to pretend to be from you know some hazy area just north of cambridge or boston 
we went through that phase in the, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, well, no, but we're em- embracing where we are. You know, we just want to enjoy ourselves. And you, if you put any cap on it or just, or, you know, any limitations to what you can do, you know, you're not going to have fun. Yeah. You're not going to be creative. So we're just, um, we're just grateful that the community responds to us and they, and they like us. So we're going to give that love back. Yeah. So we're going to represent them and we should be proud of where we're from, you know? Yeah, you know, uh, I so wonder... I wonder if something like this pandemic is going to change people's perceptions of, of the music scene in that way. In other words, do we, do we have, I mean, there was a time in the United States when if you were going to see music, it was going to be local. It was going to be people who lived in your town for the most part. And then there were occasionally kind of touring artists, but for the most part, you know, music, music was all local. And I'm wondering if something like this reemphasizes the local aspect of music and makes people like, now eager to hear what their neighbors and the people like the really talented creative people that they may have been kind of ignoring or looking over and now they're going to be turning and saying what's going on in my backyard that's exciting and interesting i think you're spot on i i we just, just had, talking about we this. just had this conversation mm-hmm. and i 100 percent agree with them and there's so much local talent it's unbelievable just because you don't see it uh it's not in your face on the radio or on tv doesn't mean i mean there's so many local local musicians that I love to see. And actually, I prefer to be able to sit 15 feet from someone and watch them play the guitar than 500 rows back in a big auditorium or arena. I I stopped going to those shows because I love local music and I think people are so talented. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I I think it's on Netflix. There's There's a documentary about the band The Grateful Dead. And they mentioned this transition in the band's history when they went from having some kind of intimate relationship to the audience, which was still kind of on a big scale, to suddenly playing these stadiums. And, and they, the heart kind of, like they were having hits and they were, they were, you know, they were doing well financially, but the heart kind of went out and it became much more like work rather yeah. than yeah. some sort of creative expression for them. And I think this is, this is sort of common. Uh, to me, it's almost obvious. Of course you want the guitarist... Uh, to be able to look you in the eyes and get a feel for the room and say, okay, everybody's uh, a little contemplative tonight. Let's do something contemplative or no, everybody's, you know, pounding beers. Let's have a good time. We're going to, we're going to speed up the tunes a little bit. And we're going to have a good time. And you can react in this sort of immediate way to the people in front of you. Absolutely. I would say even for the, um, the bigger artists that I have seen when they were later in their career and I seen, you know, and I seen them later, mm-hmm. It w- they were in smaller venues and I enjoyed the show more and I remember the show more, you yeah. know, it was more intimate. Um, I was more up close with them. It was amazing. Right. You know, I, I remember those shows more and Absolutely. I remember, I remember those shows the best. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I understand you guys might be able to play some music for us. Is that right? That's right. Yes, okay. Sir. So how many, how many tunes do you think we should do? <laughs> we have two songs ready. Two. Two is perfect. That's the number I was hoping to hear. All right. So if you're if you're ready, I'm gonna sit back and kind of cross my arms and enjoy listening to you play, and uh, and and we'll let you uh, we'll let you have the floor. All right. All right. Let's get started. All right. Well, this will be fun. This is something we didn't expect. Well, we expected it, but we'll see how this yes. goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a first. Yeah. You guys go whenever you're ready. We're just we're just talking while you guys get set up. So we do want to give a shout out to our guitar player, Tom Bean. We wish he could join us today. We're all staying safe and, well, 
we we've known each other forever, so we're not socially distancing. <laughs> but yeah, we want to give a shout out to him. Sure. Shout out to Tom. So we have some uh, backing tracks here we're going to work with. This is a song that was dedicated to Nashua and Main Street and just this surrounding area, local musicians and the community in general. It's called Let the Music Play. You ready? I'm ready. Hey, 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 hey,
great. Thank you. This song is called, oh, should we go right into the next one? Go right into the next one. Keep keep it rolling. How are the levels? Can you hear her? Yeah, we need a little bit more of her, but it's pretty close. Yep. That's such a fun song you do. And I can't wait to get back out and like perform live. Yeah. You know. Yeah, this is Kristen Cole in her profile that's coming out in the next issue of uh, MVM mentioned how, how much of an emphasis you place on live performance and uh, interacting with the audience. And, and uh, you know, that's that's I'm sure people are really going to be uh, looking forward to the opportunity to go out and we'll, we'll have a big party when this thing is uh, and this is be, over. Absolutely. I mean, it really has um, made me grow as an artist you know, getting my performance chops. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate it and, and the feedback from the audience and the participation. So I'm looking forward to getting back out there. For and sure. shout out to Kristen too. Okay, right on. Yeah, shout out to her. She's listening, I think. Awesome. You ready, Rube? This song is yep. called Love Yourself. This is from the dance music I released and we perform it live um, with the band. It's called Love Yourself. Get the levels out right.
That was great. That was fantastic. Hey, who, so who, who writes the lyrics? Me. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I get that. But um, yeah, I, I write a lot of the lyrics and, and, you know, just try to write out what I feel. He helps me tweak them and, you know, something could be better. He definitely helps sure. me with that. Uh, Bill helps with that. Um, but it's just a lot of things that I just try to say from the heart, just like anyone else. And um, I just hope that people can relate to it and, and understand it and, you know, yeah, have fun with it. Did you decide to be like a positive band and to emphasize that aspect of music? Because it seems like a lot of music deals with, with darkness and fear and anger and other aspects of, of human experience. And it, at least to me, it's kind of refreshing to, to hear people who are just focused on the, the more optimistic qualities of, of life. Did you decide to do that or is that who you are? I'm very much an optimistic person. I obviously have my worries and fears just like everyone else. And then I have to talk through them and say, okay, well, what can I learn from this? What's the lesson here? Hmm. You know, like a love yourself um, is basically a letter to my younger self. And it's from experiences with, um, with friends and family and, you know, um, boyfriends in the past that, you know, where the situations weren't good. And then I say, well, okay, well, what can I learn out of this? You know, I, I need to learn to love myself. I need to learn to only let people in my life that treat me well. Um, so that's the positive outlook. And I want it to be an influence for younger girls so they don't have to go through you know, those same things and trials and tribulations, they, they know that, um, to just focus on people that love them and then, and, and, you know, give love back. Yeah. Show love where you get love. Absolutely. Sure. So actually you, you mentioned something and I'm curious about that as far as the, the makeup of, of the audience. Um, because there are certainly bands that, that I know of that get more like an all male audience. Would you say your, your audience is mixed? Is it like a mix of age ranges? What do you, what do you tend to see? Is there a demographic that you see at your shows? Well, I do the media, so I can tell you exactly. It's pretty much 50-50. Mm -hmm. It's like 48 uh, to 52. or It's pretty much 50-50. I think maybe uh, the women have it, uh, maybe because we have a, uh, a female lead singer. Yeah. But it's pretty much 50-50. And the, you know what? That's another good thing about you talked about being a positive band. I don't think it was a conscious decision, but we like to hang out, make music, hang with our friends, drink beer. Um, or just be positive and productive anyway. Yeah. Right? So, so that's the audience that we attract, which is great because if I'm going out, I want to hang out with those people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those are the people. I always look at it like I shouldn't say this, but when we go to a paid gig, I'm like, hey, man, this place is paying us to rent out their spot and have all our friends come over. Right, right. We couldn't host this many people at our house, so this is this is perfect. It's a party. Yeah. So even though it seems like you're you're extremely comfortable in the live performance environment, uh, what do you have plans for recording something uh, beyond let the music play? Is there a CD or a, um, something streaming in the future that we should be aware of? Yes, of course. Like that is something that I, I want to get back to, and we will get back to. Um, we, you know, we're gonna have another chance. We're gonna be working from home for like another month, so right. it's like. We had the first month to get through some, you know, um, trials and tribulations with this um, pandemic, and now it's time 
to um, exert those feelings and, and put it into writing and recording. Um, recording is a whole nother beast. Like as an artist myself, I, I got my chops with performing and I feel very comfortable with that now. And I want to do I want to do better with recording. There's so many tips and tricks to vocals and things like that that I want to um, get into and do better. And I, I can't wait to, to tackle that. It's funny because you, you've been doing this for, for 20 something years, uh, but you're still talking about like refining and learning and yes. almost taking kind of a student approach. Yes. Does, does yes. that keep like why is there a benefit to that? Does it keep things perpetually fresh or is it humility? You know, like, where do you think that comes from? Part of it, I had to, I had to learn that. Speaking of learning and being a student, because you, you spoke earlier about, you know, um, focusing on, you know, being in the area in a local band where other people focus on, you know, if they're not, you know, worldwide or nationally known, maybe they want to give up on music and, and not do music or um, you didn't say that exactly, but sometimes that's where it goes, you know. Right. I decided, I know for me, I decided to focus on just how can I just, how can I be better? How can I continue to learn as an artist? You know, even as a young child, when you dream about what you think success is, you learn that you you can't get there you without without putting in the work. No. So you're always going to be learning. You get humbled, for sure. So I'm I am very satisfied right now with just continuing to learn and be better. I've seen the growth in myself. I've seen the growth in my band, you know, um, and I'm looking forward, to, I'm just looking forward to more growth. Um, we've done studio projects that came out really well and recordings that came out really well. And I always say they can be better. I hear things now and I'll listen to other examples of other artists that I look up to as far as live um, musicianship, like um, like a Stevie Nicks and a Fleetwood Mac or something like that, or even more current bands. But um, And I, I'll hear how they record. I hear certain sound recording or sound engineering tricks. And I'm like, I want to sound like that. Hmm. You know, I want to get better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. So Lou, do you have any, uh, do you have any questions for our guests? Yeah, I want to know. You guys are a couple of cohabitating professional musicians with a wide range of tastes. So when you're in the car together, when there's music on in the house, so you get the sound system set up and there's music going through, what what's the music that endures the both of you that you both can listen to uh, casually? And where are the problem spots? What does what Ruby like that you can't stand? And, you know, where are the, the pros and the conflicts in your musical tastes? I, I like everything. I, I listen to Fleetwood Mac, Amy Winehouse. I listen to hip hop, even EDM, dance music. Um, uh, I love classic rock. Uh, I'm in a classic rock band on the side. Uh, shout out to Third String. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I will say she loves like Mariah and dance music, and it's great. But wow, 24/7. No, no, it's... you can't say that. I was just gonna say, don't let's let's not say what we don't like, right? I don't like exclude. <laughs> it's all good. No, but no, it's true. I grew up listening to Mariah and Celine Dion and just all these belters. So yeah, it can be tiring. Yeah, it can be tiring. Even in I my know house. all the lyrics. Yeah, all yeah. <laughs> he knows like all of Mariah Carey song lyrics. Um, you know, you 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 spoke with him about how we grew up in his household. Like my household was me belting at the top of my lung to Mariah to notes I couldn't hit yet. 
you know, I can't still hit, you know, but I tried. So um, my brothers growing up, they all knew Mariah Carey's lyrics. So yeah, there's some things that do get tired, but I still have fun with it. All right, what gets <laughs> what gets tired on his side? I'm not gonna lay off, let you off the hook on that um, one. Oh, see, I don't, I don't want to do this because um, I feel like yeah, I will exclude people, but it's it's either it's either like you know, there's a genre that you grow up on that really speaks to you, and I'm a '90s girl, so if it's like, oh, I'm gonna feel bad, but if it's really really like old school, like. Like 80s, 70s, 80s. yeah, 70s or 80s, like rock or rap. I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody has their own taste. It's okay yeah, yeah. As, as long as we understand that. And, the, and then the thing is, our tastes change over time. There's stuff that that I loved as a kid that I don't care for now, and vice versa. There was stuff that really uh, that didn't speak to me at all when I was 15 that I absolutely love, and that's that's okay. And there's things that speak to people for a variety of of reasons and that's that's but it's also okay to have your no you can't listen to everything you can't enjoy every type of music you'd go insane right you yeah. need to have you need to be able to live with certain bands and certain songs for them to develop meaning over time that's that's just that's equally valid i think what's even weirder is i love blues and i love blues guitarists mm -hmm. but two songs and i'm out yeah. <laughs> that's it yeah i'm yeah. done after the yeah. second song that's sure. all i can take yeah i i listen to, i personally listen to some some extreme, I like a lot of uh, non-extreme music, but I listen to some really extreme music that my wife cannot stand to the point where she will leave the house if, if, I'm, if I'm playing it. And she'll sense it in the driveway. She'll pull in and I'll see her waiting. And it's like she somehow knows that I'm listening to like Japanese noise music or something like okay. that. And I get the text like, you know, give me the all clear when I can come in. That's the, that's the way it goes. And then we, we have our stuff that we both... Uh, we both enjoy and and it's it's fun that tension creates a lot of fun and a lot of humor i would say for sure i hope so <laughs> she she's probably listening so she can comment and say ah it's not so funny when you have to live with the guy yes yes exactly <laughs> all right any other questions Lou? no that's it so uh ruby in the groove thank you so much bill and ruby i really really appreciate you coming on uh i'm sure everybody's going to want to see you live now so we're going to continue to track they can go to your facebook page uh and and follow and see what you're you're up to and then obviously people can keep reading eight great things to do this weekend and get ready to pick up the may issue which is going to be a profile of of Ruby and the Groove there, and you can learn more about them. So thank you so much. I hope you'll come back on at some point. Definitely. Definitely. This was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, next week, it's going to be Metric Mark, who's like the, the Bill Nye, the science guy of the Merrimack Valley, and he's going to be talking about science education for kids. So if you are if you're, if you have your kids at home and you're kind of thinking about how to teach them about science, this show is going to be for you. We're going to talk to Metric Mark next week. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.